Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Late Hits on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. So on the text line, somebody had uh, texted in that they'd rather have Saya Suzuki uh, as a short-term bridge to Pena than... Uh, to sign a, a you know like a Trevor Story to a long term deal. Here's a problem. First of all, Sayas Suzuki hasn't played shortstop since 2014. The 2015 season, they moved him to right field, and he's been a right fielder ever since. So he hasn't played shortstop since he's 19, and uh, he has now just finished his age 26 season. He's 27 now. He's a right fielder. And we don't really know how well his power will translate because usually uh, the power from Japanese players doesn't fully translate. When they come to the U.S., the ballparks are bigger. And look, he's going to get a big contract, and then you got to pay his posting fee, which is 20% of his contract. That's not a bridge player. You know, last I checked, Astros don't need a right fielder. They got a guy in right field who's not even arbitration eligible yet. Making the minimum. You know, and as far as, you know, the other guys, you listen to Jose Iglesias or Donovan Solano. Eh, No, thanks. No, thanks. I just, you know, I mean, we're not, we're, we're talking about going from Carlos Correa to, you know, Iglesias is going to be 32 in January. And uh, he did hit a, a whopping nine homers this past year with his 309 on base. Sounds like a former Astros shortstop we all love and know here. 309 on base, 701 OPS. Okay, now Adam Everett never touched 701 OPS. At 701 OPS, I mean, you're the 25th guy on the roster. Yeah, not, no thanks. It's, you know, I mean, it's better than Andrews and Simmons, but. Now, Donovan Solano's a young player. Well, he's a young player. He's 33. He's going to be 34. In fact, he's going to be 34 in two weeks. And uh, Solano, a little, little better numbers than, uh, than Iglesias. He had 280, 344 on base, 
748 OPS, which is still weak as bleep. Seven homers, 17 doubles. Um, yeah, that's... Dude's a part-time player. Andrew, how many seasons do you think Donovan Solano has had 375 at-bats? Part-time player, you said? Let's go with two. One. Zero. Zero! Damn, I gave him too much credit. Dude was at the league for two years. Yeah, dude's a part-time player. The drop-off from Correa to Salon. Like I said, if I'm going to pay that guy, then you know what? Just play Jeremy Pena. I'll bring back Robel if we're going to play that guy. There's, there's no reason for me to bring in a lousy player. If I'm going to live with bad offense, I'll just bring up Jeremy Pena. At least he has a chance to have good offense. He's got an opportunity. Hit the crap out of the ball for a month in AAA. I mean, it's only played last year after he had wrist surgery. But after he had wrist surgery, man, he was smashing the ball. Yeah, I, if I'm going to... We're looking at, you know, lousy shortstops. You know, I'll play I'll play Pena. I'll play Ledmus Diaz there. I'm not... And I, I gave the idea of Bregman at short. To me, Bregman is only at short if we're talking about Freddie Freeman at first base. That is the only way I'm really considering Bregman at short, and it's because it'd be one year. Realistically, Bregman's leg injuries make him way too big a risk to play it short. Everybody talking about Carlos Correa's injuries. Well, Alex Bregman's been the guy who's been hurt for the last two years, not Correa. Yeah, Bregman is going to stay at third. And either you'll get Aledbis Diaz playing shortstop every day. And look, there was a time when Aledbis Diaz did play shortstop every day, and he was a pretty good player. And the Astros, because they're so loaded, they've used Diaz as the, you know, super utility guy. And you know, I get the, oh, he's, he's injury prone. Look, he took a fastball off the hand and broke his hand. I and mean, that's not like a, a recurring injury that happens all the time. That's not really his fault. But, you know, in 2018, Olympus Diaz played 130 games. You have 422 at-bats. You had 18 homers and 26 doubles. And he came to to Houston and, oh, still hits. It's not going to hit like Correa. You know, when he came up with the Cardinals in 2016, Well, he had 300 and 17 homers. He finished fifth in the Rookie of the Year award. He was an all-star. I, I get that it's, you know, 2015, but, you know, 
2015, sorry, 2016, 2016, he played 106 games at Shore. Now, do you want me to tell you, you, me to tell you how, uh, how, how good he did defensively? I don't think I want to hear that, you Pat. Don't, you don't want to hear it. Definitely don't want to hear it. And, and this is why, to me, if it's not Correa and it's not Trevor Story, it might as well be Jeremy Pena. Because there's nobody else out there on the market who's going to play shortstop and be worth a damn. And if, if I've got to sign a guy who's not worth a damn, then I might as well have the young guy play because at least he could develop into a player. And if Pena hits like he hit in AAA last year, well, he's going to be a pretty good hitter. If I'm going to live with issues at my shortstop position, at least let me live with issues from a guy with promise, not a 34-year-old retread. But, you know, Jim Crane, you know, been on record. Shortstop is a position of need. They want to sign a guy who is similar to Carlos Correa. The only guy on the market that fits that bill is Trevor Story. The only guy. Now, again, I, I, I'm not sure I believe the idea that Trevor Story is going to come at some monster discount. And he's 29. He's not 31. He's not having Tommy John surgery on his elbow. But if if they're going to commit to signing a big player at short, and it's not going to be Carlos Correa, the only guy left standing, because, you know, they didn't jump in on Marcus Simeon, who got a bigger contract than I think anybody thought he was getting. And they didn't get in on Javi Baez, who probably got a smaller contract than everybody thought he was getting. If they weren't going to pay Correa, they were never going to pay Seager. And Trevor Story's the only guy left standing. He said, from Irving, Texas. So, does the Texas guy want to come home? But, you know, the more you peel the onion back and the more you, you, you know, look at, you know, the things that Jim Crane has said, how the market is shifting and shaping up, Trevor Story or Jeremy Pena, take your pick. That's going to be it. All right, before we hit the break, got to tell you about my friend, Dr. Jennifer Joseph at Get Physical Rx Physical Therapy. So I've been going to see Dr. JJ. Uh, you guys know that I've been putting off neck surgery for eight and a half years. Uh, I do not want to have the extremely complicated surgery that I've been recommended for. I do not want to do the nine months of physical therapy after that. I am hoping that the longer I wait, the, you know, the more likely it'll be that there will be some kind of new procedure in the future that'll be a lot easier. But until then, I've dealt with a lot of neck pain, a lot of shoulder pain as a result. And Dr. JJ has been working wonders for me with, the, you know, pain relief, range of motion in my neck, in my shoulders. Uh, and and look, it's, it's been great. I am so happy that I go see her every week. Uh, 
because it has made a complete difference just in my quality of life. I turn my head. You know, it used to be when I was in the car, I would have to shift my whole body to turn to look to my right. Now I turn my head to the right just like any other normal person does. I couldn't do that for years. It, it has made an absolute massive difference in, in my quality of life, that the pain that I don't have. And, you know, regardless of what it is, whether it's you have pain with your neck, your shoulders, your elbow, your knees, your back, you know, your ankles, your foot, wherever it is that you have pain, give Dr. JJ a call. She's got a brand new facility up in North Houston. Give her a call. Talk to her. Tell her what's going on. Let her tell you how she can help, how she can get you back to living your best life. 346-386-6683. 346-386-6683. Or go to getphysicalrx.com. Well, hello. To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Dial the phone. Disappointed by your HR and payroll technology? Maybe you need to outsource your administration. Go to hrp.net to learn more. This is Late Hits on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. As I met our friends out at the West Bar and Grill, you know, the West is a Beaumont institution. The West is always a great place to catch all the games all the time because they have all the games all the time. You want to catch every game on a Sunday, out-of-market games, you need a place that's got Sunday ticket. Well, you need the West, featuring a menu with steaks, shrimp, wings, burgers, catfish. Man, you'll find something you love on the menu. And they'll offer all your favorite beers, wines, and spirits. So you can enjoy your meal and your drinks while you're taking in the games, while you're playing your favorite pub games, because, well, they got those two at the West. Pool, darts, ping pong, shuffleboard, arcade games. Man, they got everything at the West. Happy hour in effect all day up till 6. Ask for my friend Mike Hamilton. Mike is the owner. And he's going to take great care of you. The West Bar and Grill, 6445 Calder Avenue in Beaumont, half mile north of I-10. Check out their Facebook page for events at the West Bar and Grill. Get your friends together and head to the West, a Beaumont institution. So, in a game heard right here on ESPN 97.5 last night, Taysom Hill through. Not one, not two, not three, but four interceptions against the Dallas Cowboys last night as the Saints lost 27-17. Three of those four picks came in the fourth quarter when the Saints needed to get the offense. In fact, the final interception of the fourth quarter wound up being a 27-yard pick six by Carlos Watkins. You might know him as a defensive tackle. Fat guy pick six. God bless fat guys. Fat guy pick six. Basically, the Saints lost because their quarterback sucked. 
And here's the bottom line. You know, they, they, they went with Drew Brees as long as they could, basically until Brees' arm fell off. And they tried Jameis Winston, and even before Jameis tore his ACL, inconsistent is probably the best description of what they got from Jameis Winston. Travis Simeon's not a good quarterback. And as much as uh, the Saints may not want to admit this, uh, based on their wacky extension, that'll pay Taysom Hill somewhere between 40 and $95 million, depending on how much time he spends as a starting quarterback, that number better be a lot closer to 40 because you know what? Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. He's not. You know, he's more like a utility knife. You play him at tight end. You, you line him at quarterback in the Wildcat. You can line him up as a as a running back. You can line him up uh, as an H-back. You can take him out of the backfield and, and put him in motion. But he's not a legitimate quarterback. And look, all these things are, are reflected in the fact the, the Saints are just in a free fall. This team is is pretty good most places except the quarterback position. That's why they're bad. And as a result, well, they've lost five in a row. This team was five and two. Despite Jameis being mediocre. What would the Saints be if they had a real quarterback? Because, you know, is Aaron Rodgers going to force the divorce in Green Bay? Green Bay is so damn afraid of him. They knew he wasn't vaccinated, and they didn't care that he was breaking protocol. Like, hey, whatever you want to do, Aaron, you want to break protocol, we don't give a damn. Cost them $300,000, they don't care. Is Russell Wilson... And the three and eight Seattle Seahawks, are they headed for divorce? Because before the season, there was a lot of talk about them possibly headed for divorce. And the Seahawks, who only have a negative point differential of 17, and Seahawks have only given up 226 points. That's, that is not a, that's one of the better numbers in the league. Problem is, they don't score. And part of that's because Russell Wilson was hurt. They're dealing with, of course, you know, the Seahawks, you know, point at a running back, the guy's dead. I mean, hell, they signed Adrian Peterson. But the Seahawks are 3-8. and eight. Pete Carroll, how's Pete Carroll? He's like 70 now? I don't see Pete Carroll sticking around for a rebuild. I don't see Russell Wilson sticking around for a rebuild. Could Russell Wilson force the divorce? Because you know what? The New Orleans Saints, with Aaron Rodgers, Super Bowl team. They're a contender. The New Orleans Saints, with Russell Wilson, they're a Super Bowl contender. And considering the way the market is shifting, you remember I, how much I said... The Texans were absolute fools not to deal Deshaun Watson at the at the deadline. Especially, you know, with some of the trade 
compensation that we'd seen reported for what they would have gotten back. Just how the hell did you not pull the trigger? Especially when the only team Deshaun has been willing to accept a trade to is Miami. But now, to a tongue of Aloha, what's his completion percentage now? 70%? Tongue of Aloha is looking like a player. And even though he wasn't waiving his no trade to go to Philadelphia, a team that's going to have three first-round picks... Jalen Hurts, on a bad team, has been looking okay. He's had a couple of rough games. He's had a couple of great games. Jalen Hurts is winning over the owner in Philadelphia. Now, he doesn't have a big-time completion percentage like Tongue of Aloha. He's completing 60% of his passes. But he's also got 695 yards rushing and eight touchdowns. So Jalen Hurts, passing plus rushing yards is over 3,000 yards already. 21 touchdowns, 11 turnovers. First year as a starter. That's not too bad because, look, they don't have a running game to speak of. And it's not like, I mean, look, their best receiver, they took Devontae Smith this year. They drafted him. He's their best receiver by a mile. Jalen Rager looks like a guy who's about to find himself on the unemployment line. It's been so bad. The line isn't any good. Yet, the Eagles are competitive. That's because of Jalen Hurts. So the two teams that had the extra draft picks and wanted a quarterback, well, they're falling more and more in love with the guys they have. Is it possible Deshaun Watson might see the landscape here and say, you know what? New Orleans wouldn't be a bad place to be. The rest of that team is pretty damn good. They got a great head coach and a brilliant offensive mind in Sean Payton. Mike Thomas will be back next year. You got Alvin Kamara. You got a really good defense, rabid fan base, go get hammered on Bourbon Street every night, won't have to be, you know, do an in-call for your massage, you just walk down the block in Bourbon Street, you'll find 20 girls massaging. Is it possible Deshaun could turn around and say, well, you know what, I'd, I'd be willing to go to New Orleans, wouldn't New Orleans be interested in them? It's going to be hard, and it's going to be harder to get a return for him if Rodgers and Wilson both wind up on the market. Because the only one of those guys who's looking at, you know, potential legal issues and potential commissioner uh, suspension, oh, that'd be Watson. 
But I wonder if seeing the lay of the land, New Orleans recognizing none of the guys they had in-house this year, not Jameis, not Simeon, not Hill, none of these guys are real quarterbacks. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't leave Green Bay and Russell Wilson doesn't leave Seattle, would Deshaun Watson be interested in going to New Orleans? Good good aspects of that? He's in the other conference, won't see him much. Bad aspects of that? Well, New Orleans draft picks, outside of the one they're going to get this year, aren't going to be that high. You know, what are you going to get? Two firsts? Two firsts, a second, a third? The idea of the, you know, the three firsts and three seconds, like, oh, those days are gone. But I would be, I, I am interested to see if when we get to the offseason, if New Orleans recognizes they need to make a move at quarterback because the rest of that team is ready. All right, before we get to our NFL picks, you know where uh, you know where you go to make your picks. You go to my bookie right now. New customers, old customers, current customers. Would you like to get free money? Would you like to make your next deposit and have it doubled up to a thousand dollars for absolutely nothing? All you got to do is put in promo code BET nine seven five. That's it. And they double your next deposit to $1,000. And you bet on every game, every line, every prop, live betting, everything. Bet on your phone, bet on your tablet, bet on your laptop. It's easy. And you get to do lots of it because you'll get to double your next deposit up to $1,000 when you use promo code BET975 at my bookie. And then you can win tons of cash. Because you could bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, with my boogie. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. I don't blame you, Don. You are listening to Late Hits on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. I'm going to tell you about uh, my friend Dr. Jennifer Joseph at Get Physical Rx Physical Therapy. So I'm going to see Dr. JJ now for about a month and a half. And, man, I feel so much better. It feels so good to not just have pain in your neck all day the time and this is thanks to, to dr jj uh and therapy that she does with me at, at get physical rx she's got a brand new facility up in north houston and she's been you know working with me and you guys like i said I, I've, I've been putting off neck surgery for eight and a half years and you know for years i couldn't turn my head you know 30 degrees let alone 90 degrees and look at this look at this if you're on the twix look at me turning my head 90 degrees and it didn't even hurt. And that is a major quality of life upgrade for me. So whether you deal with issues with your neck, your shoulder, your elbow, your knees, your ankles, your back, whatever it is, go see Dr. JJ. Make an appointment. Give her a call. Talk to her. Tell her what's going on. 
let her tell you how she can help. Right? Let her get you back to living your best life. Give her a call. You can call now. You can leave a message. It's cool. 346-386-6683. Or go online and make an appointment at getphysicalrx.com. GetPhysicalRx.com. Time for our NFL picks, Andrew. You ready, my friend? Our first game in Atlanta. Falcons, 10.5-point dogs at home to the Tampa Bay Fighting Tom Brady's. 10 points, 10.5 points, a lot of points in a division game. But the Bucks, I think, have gone through their little midseason lull. They did the same thing last season. You know, it was about the middle of the year. Bucks weren't playing great football. Everyone was wondering, man, maybe Tom Brady just doesn't have any more. What's wrong with Bruce Arians and the Brady relationship? Are things broken? And then you know what happens? Last five weeks, they smashed everybody in the regular season. You know what they did in the postseason? They damn near smashed everybody there, too. So I think that they've gotten the doldrums out of the way. They're going to be rolling the rest of the way through this regular season. Give me the Bucks. It's funny how last year, you know, they were, what were the Bucks were like eight and five? Yeah. And then finally, Tom Brady was able to convince Bruce Arians, let me run my offense. And then they smashed everybody. All right, have you noticed Leonard Fournette kind of smashing people? Doesn't have to get a lot of carries, but that's seven touchdowns on the ground. He gets a lot of t- – he's catching the ball every time. Like, every day he's got – every week he's got, what, five, six catches out of the backfield now? And for a guy with the hands of stone. Yeah, um, I don't trust the Falcons. Uh, I will take the Bucks and lay the points. In Chicago, the oldest rivalry in the NFL, the Bears, seven-and-a-half-point dogs. To the returning Kyler Murray. Oh, Kyler's back in town. To the returning DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, man. And the Arizona Cardinals. You ain't got to say anything else. You could have just stopped the Kyler Murray, Pat. I'm going to be honest. You could have stopped the Kyler Murray and already knew where I was going with this one. Colt McCoy filled in very admirably for the Arizona Cardinals. Better than I think anybody else probably realistically thought he would have done. But that Arizona team is starting to get healthy. And there's some rumors that if they go far enough in the playoffs, maybe J.J. Watt could make a return. Where have we seen that before? But, yeah, I I think that the Cardinals, even though it's on the road in Chicago, significantly, significantly better team, better coach. I mean, look, the Bears almost lost to the Lions on Thanksgiving. I think that tells you all you need to know about where the Bears are right now. Give me the Cardinals all day, every day. Beat down city. Yeah, we're taking the Cardinals. All right. In Cincinnati, the Bengals are three-point favorites at home against the Los Angeles Super Chargers. I would say that the Chargers, while they've been extremely, extremely inconsistent this season, it seems like they come up with their high points at some very strange times. And the Bengals... Despite their record, I think they're, what, 7-4 now? They are. The Bengals, they've lost a couple of those games that they should not have lost. I mean, they should – I don't want to say they should have run away with the division at this point, but 
They they have not been as consistently good. They've beat up on the Steelers and looked really impressive in some of those in-division games. But outside of that, they've had some very, very questionable games. I don't know if the Chargers win, but I think they cover. And it's a very small spread, but I think they cover. The Bengals are the most Jekyll and Hyde team in mm-hmm. the NFL. And they've kind of got a reputation of following up big wins with bad losses. Just this year. Right, they go. They beat Minnesota, and then they lose to the Bears. Then they destroy the Ravens in Baltimore. They lose to the freaking Jets. Yeah. They get hammered by the Browns. Then they go to Vegas and they crush the Raiders. They're coming off just hammering the Steelers, and. You know, this is this is like the time where it's like, all right, it's time for them to go back to being Hyde. Now, the Chargers haven't been any better. And Justin Herbert, like, you know, one game he looks great. Next game he looks terrible. But the Bengals are due for one of those wacky-ass games taking the Chargers. The Lions are seven and a half point home dogs to the Minnesota Vikings. The Lions are probably going to, by hook or by crook, win a game at some point this season and avoid the ignominy of not winning a game in the first 17 game season in the history of the NFL. That being said, I don't think it's this one. I think that the Vikings are still very, very desperate to stay on the fringes of playoff contention. And they will play like it in a game against this Lions team that seems more hapless by the week. Dan Campbell, I love the energy that he brings to the head coaching position. But he strikes me as someone who, as every week passes, is getting more desperate and is taking more control of the team. And is not the type of head coach that should be taking more control of the team, but is so anyway. So give me the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, gunslinger this week. I think Jefferson and Thielen will both have big games. Uh, I am also taking the Vikings and the points. So the Lions have had a couple of close games against weaker teams. Well, the Vikings don't see themselves as a weaker team, and they know they need to hammer this week. All right, Andrew, this game is my lock of the week. Dolphins, six-point favorites. Over the G-Men. Man, that low on the Giants, huh? Well, no Danny Dimes oh, this week. Okay. Um, if if I ha- if I tell you who the Giants quarterback is, right? Would you um, laugh hysterically? Cry. I mean, they signed Jake Fromm off the Bills practice squad to be the backup. Because Danny Dimes not going to be able to play. Mike Glennon is starting for the Giants. Now, last year, Mike Glennon was 0-5 in Jacksonville, but I don't want to hold that against him because they were the worst team in football. But... Would you like to take a gander? The last time Mike Lennon, as a starting quarterback, won a football game. 
I would guess when he was the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't. Did he win a game as a starter back in Chicago? I don't think so. He won a game. Okay. 2017 is the last time Mike Glennon won a football game as a starter. Sounds about right. This is going to be an ass-kicking. And the fact that the books haven't caught up on this yet, and the Dolphins are only six-point favorites, hammer, hammer, hammer. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with you, Pat. I would would love to be not in agreement on one of these right now, but look, if Chief Longneck is going to be the quarterback for the Giants, give me the Dolphins. That's... Chief Longneck. Uh, I haven't I haven't heard that one. Him in a while. and Davis Mills are the the leaders of the Longneck tribe. So they're uh, all part of the Merton Hank School of Football. Yes. <laughs> all right, the J E S T Jest 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 seven point underdogs in the swamps of Jersey to the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles were. Absolutely abysmal last week against the Giants. But the Giants, I know that their reputation on defense isn't as good as nationally as it probably should be. They have a good defense. And this Eagles team before that had been rolling, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Jets have the worst defense in the league. And I know that Tyrod and the Texans couldn't really do anything against them, but that's because the Texans are incompetent. So I think that Jalen Hurts, with his legs and his arm, is able to get some semblance of offense rolling. They'll be good enough to cover seven points against Zach Wilson, the turnover machine in the Jets. The Eagles are another one of those Jekyll and Hyde teams, right? They, they crush the Falcons on the road, come home and score 11 points against the 49ers. They get housed against Kansas City, come back, go to Carolina, get a win. Get crushed in Vegas, go to Detroit, destroy the Lions. Lose a close game to the Chargers. Hammer the Broncos. Hammer the Saints. Then they, for some unexplicable reason, they lose a hideous game to the Giants and they scored seven points. And again, they had no business losing. Yeah, I'm going to say the Eagles uh, are Jekyll this week. And, and they will put it on the New York football jest much To Jake Asman's chagrin, I will take the Eagles and all the puntas. We'll get to the rest of the games on the other side, including your Houston Texans. Next. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. We're taking a break. Okay. That's cool. You are listening to Late Hits on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. Andrew, the Texans are 10-point dogs at home against the Indianapolis Colts. I don't even need to give any analysis for this, Pat. Jonathan Taylor is going to be on the war path as he runs over Justin Blacklock, the man who is drafted above him by one selection for the Houston Texans. You don't think Jonathan Taylor would look pretty nice in a Texans uniform right now? I'll tell you he'd look a hell of a lot better than David Johnson. 
Give me the Colts minus a thousand. I feel like if Jonathan Taylor was on the Texans, he'd be averaging like two point nine yards per carry behind that offensive line, assuming you know he didn't wind up you know taking a weird hit and blowing a knee because the offensive line is just bad. Ten points, yeah, the Colts are going to smash. I-, I don't see the Texans scoring a whole lot of points this week. Raiders. One-point favorite over the football team at home. You know what? Give me the football team. I don't really have a whole bunch of reason why I believe in them here, but the Raiders, for whatever reason, just seemingly fall apart in the second half of almost every season under John. Well, John Gruden's no longer the coach anymore, but in this John Gruden era of the Raiders that I'm going to consider this, they're kind of doing it again this season, and the Washington football team, I think has a little bit more to play for here. Give me the WFT. The Raiders were 5-2. and two. They lost to the Giants, the Chiefs, and the Bengals. And then they put it on the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Now, their defense didn't look so good, but they scored a ton of points playing with Jerry Jones called uh, throw-up ball. Throw it up there, get a flag. The football team's got a much better defense than the Cowboys do. You're not going to be able to just play throw-up ball. Uh, I'm, I'm with you, Andrew. I am uh, leaning to the football team, even though I don't really like the football team. I am leaning football team and taking that one evil point. Rams, 13-point favorites at home over the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Rams haven't covered a ton of games this year, Pat. They have been one of the better teams in the NFL. They've been scuffling of late, but even when they've had these big lines, typically they haven't covered them. I know that didn't happen against the Texans. A little miracle there at the end to make that sort of cover happen, but give me the Jags. I just think that the Jags do enough to make it a 10-point game instead of a 13. Man, the Rams have lost, what, three in a row here? Yeah. They need a get-well game. So I'm going to take the Rams and the points because they need a game that's a laugher. They need a game where they just beat the hell out of the other team. And they're getting served up the Jags. All right, they're hungry, and they're getting taken basically to the steakhouse. So if the Rams don't eat this week, They're in big, big trouble. I'm going to take the Rams to eat. Steelers at home getting the four and a half against the Baltimore Lamar Jacksons. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, you said it right there. He's doing everything for this team. It reminds me of James Harden a couple seasons ago where he literally had to do everything for the Rockets. That's what Lamar Jackson is right now. Uh, He's the entire offense for the Baltimore Ravens. And did he falter a little bit his last time out? Yeah, he did. He threw four picks. He said it himself. He looked like a rookie. That being said, this Pittsburgh defense ain't all that it's cracked up to be anymore. And the offense is significantly worse with the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger out there. I mean, Noodle Arm doesn't even begin to describe what he looks like at this point throwing the football. So I know the Ravens are banged up all across the field. I know Lamar is exhausted from having to carry this team. But all that being said, I have a lot more faith in them than I do in the Steelers team, even at home. Give me the Ravens. Steelers' last three games. Last week, crushed by the Bengals, 41-10. Week before, 
Edged by the Chargers, 41-37. So back-to-back weeks, they got 41 points. Week before that, the only team not to beat the Detroit Lions, they tied 16-16 with the Lions. I feel like the Steelers are on the verge of implosion. I'm going to take the Ravens and the 4.5. Seahawks getting three and a half at home against the Niners. I don't want to go with the Seahawks because I think their offense has been averaging something like nine points since Russell Wilson has come back from the broken finger. But it goes against all logic for me saying this, but I'm going to go with the Seahawks. The Niners are playing really good football. They're up to six and six. They're on the fringes of playoff contention. Seahawks, their season is basically over, but I think that for whatever reason, they are managed to come out at home motivated by that 12th man crowd, and they cover the three and a half points. Seahawks have scored 28 points the last two weeks. Seahawks have scored 28 points the last three weeks. Niners are hot right now. Russ hasn't looked right since he's come back Absolutely from this, this not. finger issue. I'm going to take the Niners, go lay the points. Sunday night, KC, nine and a half point favorites over the Denver Broncos. This one, I'm going to go with the Broncos. I'm going to hold my nose doing it, but we've talked about it at various points whenever the we've been lucky enough to actually have a Friday show, Pat, that the Chiefs just don't cover. Like, this is going back a season and a half, two seasons now. The Chiefs just do not cover lines, and you're telling me an in-division game with a nine and a half point line, I'm expecting the Chiefs to cover that? No chance. I think that the Broncos keep it close. I don't think that they win. But the Broncos, you know, despite all at all odds, what everyone thought again about them, middle of the season trading away Von Miller, they are still in contention for a spot with seven playoff teams. So all that being said, I think the Broncos come out motivated enough. They don't win the game, but they fight like hell and they cover that nine and a half. Last four weeks, the Kansas City defense couldn't stop Katie High School you know, for the first, let's say, seven weeks of the season, has given up 17 to the Giants, seven to the Packers. Uh, we might want to put a little asterisk next to that one. Is there no Aaron Rodgers? 14 to the Raiders, nine to the Dallas Cowboys. The Kansas City defense has gotten it figured out. I don't think I trust Denver to score enough points. It's it's another one of those, like, let me hold my nose, hold my breath. But at Arrowhead, 53 degrees, you know, pretty good day there in, in December in Kansas City. Uh, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Chiefs to get the offense rolling. Last one, game of the week. The Buffalo Bills at home. Laying two and a half against the scorching hot New England Mac Joneses. You know what? It pains me to say this because I'm not a fan of the Patriots by any measure. But give me the pats here, man. The defense that they are playing, this is just eerily reminiscent of those early Brady teams. And I know that the comparisons are not the same because the style of offense now versus what we saw in the NFL two decades ago. Entirely different. But 
you know, stylistically, the similarities are there, man. And that Patriots defense, they can ball the heck out. And the way that Josh Allen is playing right now, he's playing like Josh Allen from two or three seasons ago where he's putting the ball up for grabs. You do that against this Patriots defense, they will burn you. They will punish you 100% of the time. And Bill's offensive line hasn't been playing that great. I think the Pats win this one. Give me the Pats. All those, you know, big-time members of the Patriot defense that opted out of last season when they knew it was going to be a rebuilding year all come back this year, and the Patriots defense is stomping. Bill Belichick is going to be coach of the year, and the Patriots are going to beat the Bills by a touchdown on the road. By a touchdown. And those are your picks for the week. Appreciate my man, uh, Andrew Carlson. Fun little reunion here, Pat. It's good to uh, it's good to see you. We haven't done this in a while. Maybe we'll even get to do it again. Although, I don't know. You know, next, next week, the 10th, at the GRB, Booker T, Reality Wrestling, they're doing a toy drive show at the GRB, 7 o'clock bell time, Show up with an unwrapped toy. Get in for free. Maybe we'll see you there. Have a great weekend, H-Town! You're listening to ESPN 97.5. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 